Wow. You're gonna like this. Oh, no, I'm not. Cause there is no goddamn middle. This is not unlike ancient Rome, by the way. Not so much the family circus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, when, um, I did, when I did Mary Shelley, I had the same issue with necromancy. A lot of them yeah. wanted to create self-sustaining farms and got into crystals. I know. Okay. I understand that. And, but yeah, I'm reading Livy, uh, who is a shitty historian. Because eerie guy guys. Others say that because Laurentia's body was common to all the shepherds around, she was called a she-wolf, which is a Latin term for whore. You were audible last season. It just, most of it was you slamming the table. As, as <laughs> the, the Romanists at the table. Well, duh. Yeah. Obviously. Ipso facto. Right. You know, to engage in a little bit of Latin. You have a sword rat. History of Time, where we connect nerdery to the real world. My name is Ed Laylock. I am a currently contractually unemployed uh, uh, world history and English teacher at the middle school level here in Northern California. And uh, in terms of what's been going on in my life, um, I discovered a new weight loss program in the last uh, week and a half. Um, I know that my clothes are fitting uh, noticeably looser after just a matter of three days. Um, Unfortunately, that three days involved uh, shitting myself and not eating anything because viral gastroenteritis is a very effective weight loss plan, but I would not recommend it. Zero out of 10, no stars would, would not, would not recommend to anybody. Uh, um, <laughs> on a, on a Monday night, I was starting to feel kind of like, oh, you know, I don't, I'm not feeling so great. I don't know what's going on. I'd kind of felt off kind of all day. And then Monday, Monday night, um, through Wednesday afternoon, I was, I was crapping liquid, like, like water. Um, and, and yeah, it completely emptied everything. I was harrowed in a literal sense it was a harrowing experience and so um i am very glad to be back among the living um i'm not quite back to the the entirely regular but i am mostly there and so yeah that's what that's what i've had going on how about you <laughs> uh, i mean I, I would at least give it a two out of ten <laughs> <laughs> well played sir. so hard not to well just interrupt with that uh i'm damien harmony uh, i am a latin and u.s history teacher uh, also contractually unemployed um and <laughs> i've got no news that is anywhere near as mundane and less is more um <laughs> so i will say this 
Uh, I did not know you needed to be 18 to buy dry ice. Um, oh, turns yeah. out you do. And it turns out uh, when you are the oldest of your friends, you're still a goddamn moron who can't figure out Apple Pay when everybody's stacking up behind you. Uh, so, uh, you know, shout out to the kids. Uh, they're learning. Honestly, like I can't really hold it against them. Like five years ago, they just started smelling bad and noticing it. So, okay. You know, at 18, you're five years removed from puberty. Of course, you're an idiot. Um, and the, the you're fact not even that, really removed from puberty. No, like, you're not. Like you're, you're still you're in the throes. Of, Tail yeah, end. You're, you're, you're out of the initial yeah. uh, horm, hormone surge in your yes. bloodstream. But you're, yeah, no. Yeah, no, it's, you're, uh, you're, not, you're not out of the woods yet. That, so that, the, the, the idea that they should be responsible for anything um, is questionable. But uh, at the same time, like, yeah. how else do you learn? So, yeah, well, um, granted, you know, it, it delayed yeah. our recording by a few minutes, but the story was more than worth it. Good Lord, man. Um, <laughs> just, I'm, I appreciate that you went with the less is more in terms yeah. of the, okay, let's just run through it. I was shitting myself. Yeah. Um, you know, one yeah. of my favorite, uh, headlines about three years ago was it was from Philadelphia. It's already going to be good. Yeah. (laughs) It was a basketball player from Philadelphia. And it starts with the quote I had migraines and diarrhea, end quote, says Joel Embiid, who had migraines and diarrhea. It was the explanation as to why he didn't play that game. That's that's funny. I was like, I don't need to read the the article. Like, Like, do you have I know, to repeat I know that what the story. phrase? Yeah, like, I just okay. I just love that that you know like and I found yeah. out recently uh, through friends of mine who are reporters uh, that they don't write their own headlines. Someone else does that, and I I used to want the job to name streets. Yeah, because I could come up with some whack ass <laughs> themes. They'd be yeah. so fun. Um, yeah. you know, it just like you go. Where are you going? Oh, I'm going down <laughs> to Iran Contra. Um, you know, but, uh, yeah. It, yeah. it, you know, it, I would love to also be the guy who does, uh, headlines. I, I did this assignment once a long time ago was for extra credit. If you can come up with a six word headline to describe a thing that happened in history. Um, okay. yeah, I took it from my friend who is an English teacher and he did, um, six words to, uh, summarize the entire plot of a play. And so my favorite was waiting for Godot. Nothing happens. And then nothing happens again. Nice. <laughs> it was great. That's so. that's actually quite deep. Really? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's waiting for Godot. So, yeah. yeah. So, all right. Shitting ourselves aside. Uh, hey, yeah. have what is your favorite museum? Ooh. Oh, man. Uh, I'm enough of a of a museum nerd that that's a hard one to answer. I, um, I remember taking pictures at the San Diego Aeronautical Museum and sending them to you. That is that is up there. Yeah. Uh, that one. There's a lot of childhood memories involved with that one for sure. me, sure. uh, which is part of the reason. I, that's that's probably my top five of of the museums that I have visited, which mm-hmm. is a bigger list than the ones that I've been in, you know, multiple times. I am going to have to say there is something absolutely wondrous about the Smithsonian Museum of Natural History. Oh, that does because like... because it is just it's everything. Yeah, it's 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 the it's the nation's attic, right? Like 
you know, from the from the all of the prehistoric animal skeletons, all the fossils, right to the uh, the Hope Diamond and the and the minerals and, and crystal displays and the all all the anthropological artifacts. I mean, just just all of that. Nice okay. is just absolutely amazing, and I think. Yeah, I think I think that one's kind of the mental trope codifier. Okay. For museum, okay. if that makes sense. Yeah, like, yeah, like, absolutely. You know, in, in your head, like when says, you think museum, that's the one that comes to your mind. That's the image that comes up. Yeah. That's awesome. That's fantastic. So yeah. So you? Uh, that I've been to. Yeah. Favorite museum that I've been to. There was one in Kentucky that I really liked. Uh, yeah. Mostly it was the exhibit though. They okay. had borrowed like basically the English Civil War exhibit from somewhere else. Oh, okay. And that was pretty cool. Although I, I will say my favorite museum that I've been to, and a lot of this has to do with the actual experience of having been there and what I did while I was there. Um, I went to the um, topography of terror in Berlin. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I got into an argument with a nice white lady <laughs> um, about uh, why we should have museums that actually tell us the truth. Um, and she she was really mad because I was comparing our president at the time to Nazis. And she said, how could you do that? And I said, well, it's really easy because the, they give you visual aids right here and they're written in German and English. So, I mean, it's, it's like, you know, yeah, like I did not back down a lick. Um, if and the, then if the if the if the ill-tailored suit, yeah. if the ill-tailored suit sort of hangs off your body right properly, you know. So, but it was cool because it shows you the development of the uh, Third Reich, like how. And I was I was pointing out to somebody who was a Spanish teacher in Long Beach, pointing out, I'm like, okay, if you look at this one, how is this that different than uh, this tweet over here? If you look at this one, how is it this different from this picture over here? You remember that picture of those people? Look at this picture. Look at that, you know, and on and on and on. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, you know, it, it was uh, it was 2018. Mm-hmm. So there were still people that were clinging to the hope that uh, that I was just being overblown. Uh, but there were also other people who were like, no, no, he's right. Uh, and so it was... <laughs> I got into an argument essentially uh, with with some folks as to whether or not um, punching Nazis is something you should do. And they're like, no, then you're just as bad as the Nazis. I was like, the Nazis committed genocide. I'm talking about breaking noses. Um, Yeah, I'm talking about doing more than breaking noses. Right. Yes. But it was it was uh, it was it was a fun, fun, fun time uh, (laughs) at a, a it was it's actually in the former SS headquarters. We were oh. in the basement of said headquarters. Yeah, it's it's yeah, and people, you know, decided Man, that they you know wanted to, <laughs> they I, I don't I don't know I don't know what kind of if any because you know it's Europe and and they're mm-hmm. much more dedicated to secularism than will ever be in this country. Yeah, but like I don't know what kind of spiritual like cleanup you would need to do in a place like that like i, like, I think turning it into a museum to show how this that, shit happens is i mean the best way to do a karmic y- cleanse yeah yeah but there's a part of me that's superstitious enough because hi catholic right that that like you know is is just having a priest go through enough like you know no, no, Here in the I states, think... <laughs> somebody would go through it with a smudge stick. Like, I, I mean, I mean, changing it into a museum. I'm not saying. Yeah, I think know, educating not... the next three yeah. generations to come is a good start. 
at making up for their atrocities. It's kind of like yeah. the um the the twenty thousand book library that's underneath the street okay. where they were yeah. burning all the books. Yeah, I think having things like that, and I think Germany does a really really good job of it. I can't pronounce the word; it's really fucking long, but it's like refusing well, to forget German. our history uh yeah. and or confronting and facing our history i forget the exact exact word for it but um i think germany does a really good job of it uh and uh, so yeah i'm gonna say that that museum was my favorite well you know what what's interesting about that when you say the germans do a good job of that mm -hmm. what i think it it shows the fact that the germans do such a good job of that really isn't surprising when you consider that the the center of moral philosophy in in the modern era prior to the 1920s mm -hmm. was germany mm -hmm. you know the 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 philosophy of ethics and and all of that kind of stuff was was a huge part of everything that german philosophers had done and, right. and germany had a reputation for being the most ethical nation in europe like you know, and there's so a, there's when they fuck from, it up that badly. Well, there's a great quote from uh, Bryn Tannehill's book, and it said that essentially, and I, I left it on a post-it in my old classroom. I've moved classrooms. So hopefully whoever finds it might think about it. But Weimar Germany was the most constitutionally progressive country. And it took like 54 days from the election of the Nazi party and Hitler's rise to being chancellor. Yeah. It took 54 four days for it to completely collapse. So, yeah. like, you know, these yeah, things completely. are, are yeah. yeah. So, yeah. <clears throat> well, tonight, uh, we're going to talk about museums that I want to visit. Okay. And, uh, cool. yeah, it's, it's yeah. Um, and so, after I did all my research on Pope Francis and Walter White and, and yeah. all them, I got yeah. really interested in museums for a bit. Because if you remember... Uh, the gentleman from Minnesota, the body slamming senator, yeah, uh, was given a bunch of money to that place. So we're going to talk about one of my favorite things in the United States, which is museums, um, and hopefully some international museums as well. Okay. Cool. Uh, so uh, as as far as museums go, first and foremost, I really want to go to Kentucky. Okay. Um, because if I go there, I can find the Creation Museum. <laughs> okay. And uh, there's a, a nonprofit uh, group, ironically uh, nonprofit for two reasons, um, called Owned by Answers in Genesis, or OAG. Um, they they created they the reason this is ironic is because they make a shit ton of money, um, and two, I'm pretty sure Jesus has nothing to do with what they're doing. Okay, sorry. Yeah, I need to back up. When you say owned by Answers in Genesis, yes, that's the name of the nonprofit, like LTD. <clears throat> okay, when when exactly do you know when this organization was was founded? Um, ooh, I want to say the nineties. Okay, I want to say the late nineties. Okay, so so there's there's a thing in in Christianity and, mm -hmm. and particularly in in American. Uh, evangelical Christianity to talk about, you know, um, I don't belong to myself. I belong to Jesus. Mm -hmm. You know, I talk about being equally yoked mm -hmm. as, as a partner, you know, carrying. I apologize. Yoke of I apologize. Owned is I'm, I'm describing this, this um, museum. 
It is oh, it is okay. owned by a group called Answers. In Answers Genesis. in Genesis. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. Because I was about to say, like, I I really 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 hope they're they're like using owned in some kind of weird version of that sense, and they're not trying to say that like they're owning no. secularists yeah. and okay. No. Okay. Uh, so it was it was in it, I I apologize. It was incorporated in 1994. And it was previously okay. um, a, a group that had gotten started in about 1980. Yeah. Okay. Um, Answers in Genesis. Yeah. 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 Okay. Now, Thank first, you. you know, like I said, they make a lot of money. And second, Jesus, yeah. I'm pretty sure I can't speak for the guy would have turned their shit over. Um, <laughs> so the the president of of Answers in Genesis is Ken Ham. Um and this is a, a fundamentalist Christian apologetics organization. Um, now, this, this museum is not the same as the Ark Encounter, by the way. Everybody's mind, as soon as I say Ken Ham, everybody's like, oh, yeah, the fucking Ark. No, yeah, no, 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 no. That's a different entry on my list. Um, <laughs> they're both run by the same company. Yeah. Um, the, the Creation Museum is open daily with special hours on Sundays. Um, and you, and it is 75,000 square okay. feet um, of Jesus. Wait, 70. Okay. Answers in Genesis owns this mm-hmm. thing. Yes. The creation it's museum. It's a creation museum. It's called the creation museum. Okay. 75,000 square feet of Jesus. Yes. I'm, I'm going to point something out here. Sure. As, as a believer, um, Jesus appears in the book at, whole lot later than genesis like genesis is a whole other thing mm, but does he i like, mean like, really isn't well, it all I mean, leading up you know, to that in the, there's in a monster the theological... at the end of this book and it's grover <laughs> and grover's been the one holding your hands the whole time yeah, you know and when you got okay. tired grover carried you <laughs> kicking and screaming <laughs> oh, <laughs> well and then he stepped on a lego yeah um, oh yeah there you it go. went yeah, right like through that. his foot oddly yeah. enough thomas didn't believe him um, well, you know, because he hit it just yeah, right. he hit it just wrong. Um, you know, hit hit the one spot where mm-hmm. you know. Anyway, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna need to go to confession. Um, but uh, I'm sorry, you know, I've been in a so, podcast with another man for 171 <laughs> episodes. <laughs> so, so there's there's there is there is the concept of. Um, redemption history which which is the idea that you know the israelites were that were the first step in god's plan to you know save humanity leading up to jesus however the people who actually like initially told the stories that turned into the book of genesis would would not agree that jesus is part of that story and i'm pretty sure that anybody who's jewish in the modern world would would either be uh disgusted to the point of wanting to hit you over the head with a with a ram's horn or um um would just smack the jawbone of an ass yeah or would just laugh their ass off Mm -hmm. um at the suggestion that jesus is somehow involved in in the very first couple of books of the bible so like no ken ham you don't get to claim that so so what what exactly is it that's in this museum well, you could explore what the Garden of Eden had to have looked like because it was a totally real place. And it turns out that Adam and Eve were both white brunettes. Um, also, there's stag deer who they still have the blonde. fawn spots on them. 
Hold on. Okay. Hold on. They weren't blonde and blue eyed. No, no, God, no. That would be racist. I'm, I'm um, <laughs> you know, that would be white supremacist. These are white okay. people with brown hair. Okay. You know, which okay. you could kind of maybe see as being from that area. Uh, the stag deer still had fawn spots on them. Um, and I think I saw a couple wild quaggas in the same place as a chimpanzee as well. Um, there were definitely llamas there in the, the Garden of Eden and maybe a saber tooth. There were a lot of birch trees um, and a few cedar trees. You could do kind of a 360 panoramic picture. Um, so, yeah, that's were the that's, birch trees there uh-huh. because of like a pitch by one of their sponsors. I don't know. I, I just know birch that the society. Uh, no, I don't think so. This? I don't think they're that okay. clever. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, I uh, John Birch Society tends to go toward seating judges, not necessarily toward creating museums. Okay, good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Uh, so yeah, that's what the Garden of Eden obviously looked like. Um, there's a walking path for you to go through it. You'd also be able to see the moment of original sin, which doesn't involve an apple. Uh, they they look like possibly grapes. Um, and then well, you can there watch. Are, oh yeah, they're they're actually interestingly. Um, there are there are theories. Uh, amongst um, kind of kind of theological historians, mm-hmm. because of course the idea that that the fruit was an apple is is because of translation into English and you know people not knowing shit when they did it. Um, there's there's one theory that that the fruit of the tree might have been a pomegranate. I like the idea that it was a passion fruit. Since then, they looked up and saw that they were naked. Uh, okay, all right, yeah. I can see that. All right. Although, if I mean, his you know. name is Adam, and yeah. so I kind of think maybe it could have been a date and a grape. So you might have had the world's first date grape. Okay. So. Okay. But uh, actually, Not as cool. the Latin teacher in the room, um, yeah. going to uh, going to flex a little. The word for evil is malum. The yes. word for Apple is also malum. Um, they are spelled and they have the exact same stems. <laughs> um, and so it could very well be that they took the evil from the tree and it, somebody saw that and they were like, oh, that's an apple. So, okay. Since, since the word for apple and the word for evil are the exact the same. same spelling and pronunciation and stem. Oddly enough. So even though they're different words, it's kind of like right and right. Did Romans like think apples were poisonous or something? Like, you know, people people thought that raw tomatoes would kill you for like centuries. No, no, but at the same time, uh, apples end up being tied to evil for a long goddamn time. If you think about your uh, your Western mythology having to do with any time there's evil involved, you want to make a bad guy in a movie, he's eating an apple. You want to have a brutal decision being made? Have him eat an apple. You want to uh, trick Snow White? Give her an apple. A poisoned um, apple. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you want uh, hostile trees? Have them throw apples. Um, apples are tied to evil. And I think through this linguistic accident. Yeah. Huh. So. Meanwhile. Uh-huh. Our Nordic pagan ancestors believed that the gods got their immortality through apples. And so did remember the the Spartans who uh, were obviously having sex with Nordic people. That's what made them superior. Um, from a previous podcast, thank you, thank you, thank you Mr. Ford, <laughs> uh, and also Jesus the the Christ, asshole man. who wrote the book. Um, yeah. But uh, but the 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 golden apples is a thing, right? Yeah. So stone, you know. Uh, and I was told recently apples are not stone fruit, so uh, I'm not going to say stone fruit anymore. I still think they are. Okay. 
it could easily be looked up, but I haven't. Um, but um, okay. apples uh, are in the Mediterranean as a thing. Okay. So it so, could okay. easily so you... have turned into an apple through what's that process? Syncretism, syncretization, something you've said. Yeah, it before. yeah, syncretism. Yeah, syn- yeah, syncretism. Synch- it could be kind of synchronization. Yeah, like parallel, so, kind of parallel or convergent evolution. There you go. Linguistic kind of yeah. meme- mimetic sense. Yeah. yeah. So, so it's entirely, uh, but in this museum, it's not an apple. It looks like grapes or something. I couldn't zoom in enough. Um, so, uh, you, you can then watch through a diorama, um, how everything suffers because of that sin. Um, dinosaurs go from being peaceful to predatory. Um, and then there's wolves. Oh my God, there's wolves, wolves fucking everywhere. Thanks Eve. Um, now did I mention also that there is a flood exhibit and the fearfully and wonderfully made, uh, exhibit, uh, of the flood it shows you how fetuses work and all of the fetuses are white um they're lifelike models uh and there's also a walking tour of how to come to jesus which is really rad for people who don't want to do the stations of the cross um so you've just got all these great exhibits here um now do you like insects because they have okay. an insectarium right. yes Okay, no, you're going to have to talk about the insectarium okay. before I before I interrupt this because okay. now now I need to know what. Yeah, what well, the they have an insectarium. The insectarium. Um, and it shows how you know there's so many different species and they didn't yeah. evolve from each other at all. Um, and there's also a really informative exhibit on dragons that totally doesn't appropriate all the other cultures' mythos around dragons, and it ties it all back to the Bible. Okay. Now, if that's not enough, they have zip lining outdoors and an obstacle course. Uh, which is an interesting addition, but cool for team building, I guess. They also have concerts. Um, there's oh, there's Noah's Cafe, which offers gluten free and vegan options because it's important to include as many people as possible. Um, there's also a planetarium, uh, an Allosaurus skeleton, and a 4D special effects theater. Uh, don't worry about the faith of the workers there in uh, Petersburg, Kentucky, either, because all of the permanent employees must sign a statement of faith which affirms their belief in the uh, answers in Genesis's pr- principles. Um, shall I read you an excerpt of what they have to sign? Okay, and they're able to get away with this because, of course, it's a nonprofit. Right, it's a nonprofit. Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's yeah. in a right-to-work state. Um, uh, excerpts include, hey. quote, Scripture teaches a recent origin for man and the whole creation. And the only legitimate marriage is the joining of one man and one woman. Another excerpt. The flood of Genesis was an actual historical event. Another excerpt. No apparent perceived or claimed evidence in any field, including history and chronology, can be valid if it contradicts a scriptural record. Speaking as a devout Catholic. Uh Uh-huh. Like like somebody who, who wakes up every morning. Every morning. And chooses to believe in in transmutation, the, the divine the divine conception of of Christ. Mm-hmm. These people are terrifying because because like nobody who actually understands 
the nature of the Hebrew language that all of this stuff was originally composed and then eventually written down in Mm -hmm. would try to argue for the literalism of any of that. You know, what's funny is that the literalism doesn't really come around until we have so many of these books in print and we have some semblance of public education. Like once people learn how to read, then literalism becomes a thing. I always found yeah. that interesting. But yeah. now amongst the employees, the permanent employees who have oh to God. affirm their faith, according uh-huh. to Answers in Genesis, yeah. this includes the more than a dozen security guards who are armed with 40 caliber Glocks and three law enforcement canines. I couldn't find if the dogs had to pledge their faith either, but uh, this is all totally normal and okay. Okay, wait. Okay. Okay. They're armed security with dogs. There, there are so this is like an onion of of <laughs> like everything shitty about American Christianity. Uh-huh. There are so many layers uh-huh. of fucked up behind this. Like, like I haven't even okay. gotten to the Grand Canyon yet. Uh, okay there's scientists there are scientists who say that this is uh poo poo this this totally reasonable museum of god's ability to work quicker than nature some scientists have issue with that um according to this museum um the grand canyon could easily have been carved in a few hours by a flood of waters receding um no matter what geologists might say no they also offer excellent unless, discounts. Unless you want to characterize? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, no, okay. <laughs> on on what? Public school kids whose teachers want to take them here instead of those stodgy and boring old natural history museums that weren't created with twenty seven million dollars worth of private donations, <laughs> while still receiving public tax monies to keep going. <laughs> oh no. No, 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 no. 27 no. million in private no, donations. No. Fuck that. Yeah, discounts. Fuck that. Any public Good any discounts. any public school teacher bringing students to this fucking place is doing no. the Lord's work. I agree. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> now I know you're just trying to light me off. Like, no, no, no. Well, Fuck okay. That. You know what? Here's the thing. No. You, you. Uh, and your wife could go for fourteen ninety five a piece, and from now until the end of the year, your little boy gets in for free because he's under ten. Now, for five to ten year olds, it, uh, it's fourteen ninety five. I'm sorry, it's forty four ninety five for adults who aren't seniors. Okay. Yeah. So George okay. would would get a discount, but um, you're such a dick. Now, there's no teacher discount, interestingly wow. enough, but. There are well, also, of course, there's not a teacher <laughs> ignorant fucks like this. No, there's not a teacher discount. There's also bouncer passes if you wanted to get tickets for this and the Ark experience. It's oh, kind of like 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 a like a multi like Disneyland, yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 park hopper. Um, but I'm gonna come back yeah. to it later. Only, I'm gonna only come back to that shitty and Christ yeah. and fascist. Yeah. So you know. Yep. So that's that's the <sighs> first first museum i want to go to um and again you, i say this as a yeah. devout catholic 
fucking hate Christians sometimes. <laughs> like, God damn it. Really? I have very faithful people who are faithful listeners that I know who listen to this. And yeah. uh, y'all need to drink uh, through this episode. You really do. Um, some of us need to drink while we're recording it. <laughs> yep. I'm just going to point out. I, so do you remember those a. old uh, American Express commercials? Um, I wrote the next one in the in the uh, in the the conceit of that okay. in Castle Rock, Washington, just off of I-5. You can find the Seven Wonders Museum nestled into the foot of the Mount St. Helens. This two room museum makes the case for a young Earth creationist viewpoint, specifically yeah. because of Mount St. Helens. What? <laughs> <laughs> this this will be titled How Damien Gives Ed a Stroke. You <laughs> will fuck. Because of Mount St. Helens? Well, see, a lot of change happened after Mount St. Helens blew in 1981. So clearly the world is hella young. And the proof is just above the museum at Mount St. Helens. Um, as it turns out, geologic processes, uh, they don't have to be gradual if there's a huge disaster like a flood or an eruption. Uh, and they don't just offer the two rooms of the museum either. Um, they also offer off-road adventures, a full-day excursion around Mount St. Helens, which actually does sound kind of cool. That but, that would actually be fucking awesome. Yeah. Like if if you can do that without having to have some you know preachy Flanders fucking tour guide. Oh no. No. See, this no, way you not. can see how the Mount St. Helens eruptions demonstrate the processes that were working during the worldwide flood of Genesis. It's also very inexpensive. It's only $18 per person or $75 per family and a full tank of gas for your own car. I mean, sure, according to a scientist, the Seven Wonders Museum rejects modern science, but you can't make an omelet without cracking some eggs. Okay. I. Mm. Do you want to know when they're open? I know you do. Well, okay. They're open daily, except Sundays, because those hours fluctuate as the people running the museum are sometimes late getting back from church. They have a blog, they have a bookshop, and a creation caching. You know, like geocaching? What about creation caching? <laughs> do, you, do you need to go get another bottle? I'm not yet. Okay, but, you're going to. The first one is emptied already because... <laughs> Gee, well, Christmas. Let's let's take a break from from religion. Uh, go ahead and say what you're going to say, but I'll take a break from religion. We'll do something a little more secular for the third museum. Oh, oh good. Mm-hmm. Oh, you good. say that now. Yeah. <laughs> I, you didn't. I'm sorry. Is your sarcasm meter busted? Because okay, yeah. so so there is interestingly, mm-hmm. you know, there 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 was uh, this this long standing. Um, you know, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Grudge, lack of a better word. Okay. You know, in, in the way that, you know, academics who are, who are dedicated to a particular field, you know, have very, very strong opinions and they're very, very passionate about it. And like, they will fist fight each other over shit that normal people think is desperately esoteric. Right. 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 And, and there were, in, in the early days of the formation of the discipline that is today called geology, mm-hmm. like there were people who, who were ready to fight duels mm-hmm. over ideas like tectonic drift 
Yep. And and you know how how long it took for sediment layers to form and and you know whether things happened in you know catastrophically rapid fashion or if everything happened over this incredibly long slow timeline. Mhm. And it took decades. Mhm. Of, of backing and forthing and, and studying stuff and doing the chemistry and figuring things out. Doing more for science. Us to figure, yeah, you know, science <laughs> shit. For for the, the current consensus to come about, which is, you know, the, the, the best answer everybody can come up with based on the evidence that we have, which is most everything happens on a very, very long timeline. And then occasionally you get catastrophic shit. Yes. That, that you know, upends things and like, oh, hey, half a continent blew up right looking at you decon traps and and you know filled the atmosphere with you know toxic gases for you know a millennium mm-hmm. and and caused all kinds of other shit to the environment you know um and and so the consensus is that no it's both most of the time it's really slow and then every so often you have you know a meteor impact Mm-hmm. or you know massive volcanism and and like you can look at the scientific evidence for how that works out but what i what i find frustrating infuriating gross i don't know what the word is i'm looking for here but it just it bugs the shit out of me that so many of these people either because they just they just can't wrap their head around the idea yeah, that, that there's nuance involved in any of this mm-hmm. or because they just have an axe to grind and, and it's convenient for them to pick you know the dumb fucking answer they they can't understand that it can be both and they're like well no see you're saying that it's like this and so if it's like this then this has to be the case you know it's, it's that right you know reduction at absurdum and it's like that's not intellectually fucking honest mm-hmm. like at all and and it just it it sets my whole spine on edge because it, it's just it's so grating it's just so so unbelievably like willfully ignorant and it just bugs the shit out of me so yeah no i'm 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 as much as i would like to visit mount st helens i am i i'm gonna have to leave that particular museum off my list because that would probably leave me with with permanent neurological damage to one side of my face (laughs) like all right so what's what's the next thing you said the next one is not religious no no and and on the one hand i'm mm kind of grateful for that and on the other hand i'm terrified so okay well the next museum i want to go to is called confederama oh fuck no (laughs) Originally, it was in the Lookout Valley from its inception in 1957 until 1962, when it then moved to St. Elmo. And it stayed there until 1997. Of course, it started in 1957. Yep. Okay. Confederama. Confederama. You should look at the pictures of this shit. It's awesome. Um, I don't know if I should. uh, My my cardiologist (laughs) might not might not recommend that but so okay. i actually got to see it in saint elmo when i was 11 okay yep i want to go back because since 1997 it's been on top of lookout mountain and in 2016 it got updated again oh of course it's on lookout mountain 
Now, what is Confederama, you might ask? Well, it used to be a giant diorama of the Battle of Chickamauga. 5,000 miniature soldiers puffing smoke from cannons and a step-by-step narrative of the courage and the zeal with which the brave patriots who wanted to leave this country fought and killed people from this country so that they could leave. The building used to have a giant battle flag on its roof that you could see from the highway, and it had more than three miles of electric wiring to light up more than 650 miniature lights. It actually was pretty cool to see. Okay, yeah, no, as, yeah. as somebody who's into miniatures, uh, miniatures yeah. that, that does sound pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, you, you started talking about this, and I was like, okay, of all the best, what, Chickamauga? Like, Chick- Chickamauga. Why, okay, well yeah all right um but uh now i i i had to look it up because i was like i know mm-hmm. i know the name of the battle but you know what what i you know you might and, also know it as the battles for chattanooga okay yeah um yeah. That, <clears throat> fought it, on yeah fought on september 19th 20th 1863 yep marked the end of a union offensive in southeastern yes. tennessee northwestern georgia it was the first major battle of the war fought in Georgia, the most significant Union defeat in the Western theater. Yes. And involved the second highest number of casualties after the Battle of Gettysburg. So so the fact that it was a battle the Confederates won. But it was also a Pyrrhic victory. Yeah. Because okay. it broke them. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, it's on Lookout Mountain. It's called now. It's called the Battles for Chattanooga Exhibit. Um, So it's taken some revising. This is good. Um, Historians must have heard of it. Um, Here's what they say about themselves to the public on their website now. Quote, the new show involves multimedia projections mapping with high color saturation, short throw digital projectors, solid state media players, and 3D modeling software. This one-of-a-kind storytelling experience uses the latest technology to bring to life the tumultuous battle days of one of the country's greatest struggles fought here in November of 1863. Hear and see about Chattanooga's battle above the clouds and Sherman's assault on Missionary Ridge before his historic march to the sea. See an excellent relic and weapon collection while perusing the bookstore for well-known works about the Civil War. That's actually remarkably neutrally phrased. It's very revised. Since its revision, it's been marketed as kind of see the battle that sealed the Confederacy's fate. That's kind of how they had it. Prior to that, though, when it was called Confederama, uh, it was, you know, the the last gasp of heroism, you know, the the defiant heroics. Um, But it still has a lot more of that. Hold on, let me get my goddamn violin. Yeah, it still has a lot of that lost cause stank on it. Um, Yeah, well. Now it only costs between four ninety five and seven ninety five, so price good price point still pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, this place has been adver- advertised as air conditioned since nineteen fifty seven. Which, if you've been to Tennessee, that's a big that's deal. big deal. Yeah, yeah. Climate so. control is important. Having just spent a week in St. Louis, yeah, a couple of so. weeks ago, I will tell you that air conditioning is is one of the greatest modern inventions. And not for the temperature, but because it dries the air out finally. Yes. (laughs) You know, when when it gets to 105 here, Mm -hmm. which it's supposed to do next week, it sucks. Yep. Like there's no getting around it. It just sucks. But when you get in the shade, if there's a breeze, it's livable. Yes. 
in St. Louis, when it's 90 degrees, Mm -hmm. there's no getting away from it because when the wind blows, the wind is damp and hot and, and your clothes just stick to your body and nothing, nothing happens. You sweat and it goes nowhere. Right. And, and yeah, no, uh, you might as well wear diapers and tampons instead of an undershirt. Like, yeah, yeah, it's awful. So yeah. Air conditioning, like, yeah, no, that's, that's a meaningful selling point. I Mm -hmm. tell you what. Yeah. So that's, that's the next museum. Now, okay. You want to go a little further South from there. Let's go to Houston, Texas. Oh no. The national museum of funeral history. All right. In a morbid kind of way, this might be kind of cool Yeah, for $10. It's really fucking cool, to be perfectly honest. Like, I was like, oh, this is going to be fucking ridiculous. But it's actually pretty cool. Like, I'd go for the subject itself, um, not to watch the people who would go to the subject itself, like, like for Confederama or the several creation museums, you know, Um, I would make up bingo cards to go to those. Uh, This I would enjoy. (laughs) How could you not? Yeah. You know, the moment, you know, Ken Ham's name is attached to any kind of project, you're like, oh, yeah, this is I'm 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 smuggling in a hip flask because, (laughs) dude, (laughs) what I love about this one is, okay, it's obviously morbid, right? The fact that they offer veteran and senior discounts. (laughs) I mean, most places do. But that this one does especially. It's like we hope to see you soon. You know, it's like yeah. that kind of <laughs> I imagine I imagine the, the docents all looking like lurch. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and I presume they offer these discounts because veterans and, and seniors are probably closer to the subject of the museum than the rest of us are anyway. Yeah. So uh, you want to traumatize and weird out your kid, they have reduced rates. Ages six to eleven get in, uh, get in on reduced uh, rates, and it's free for kids under six. There's a whole host of conversations that would be spawned by that. That like I don't want to have to deal with. Like I know I'm going to have to eventually, but I don't want to incite that talk. Sure. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, there are some no. people who are like, let's turn toward that storm. Death is going to be in our family. It's just going to happen. So why not prep for it? But I completely understand not wanting to have that conversation. Yeah, no, I don't. I'm, yeah. I, I don't. I don't want to deal with that until I have to. Yeah, like no. It's also fully accessible, which I think is nice. Um, if you want, you could book your own private tour as well, which I think is creepy. Um, but I also couldn't find. I, I looked for a while to see if they did like rehearsal dinners or weddings. I couldn't find anything. Um, I know a few people who like that yeah. would be the kind of thing they'd be like, oh, dude. Yeah, we're going to oh, I know where we're great. Aunt her. Gladys is going to be so weirded out by this. Let's oh, do it. You know, well, it's it's not just great. Aunt Gladys is like, no, no, this matches my aesthetic. I'm good with this. Yeah. Like, so oh, this is yeah. a little under dress. This is under a little under half the square footage of the Creation Museum. Um. <laughs> 30,500 square feet, and it contains the largest collection of authentic funeral service items. Now, here's where it gets cool. There is a room with hearses through the years. Okay, that's actually kind of neat. Right? I could go um, that. That'd there's another cool. one of coffins and caskets throughout time. Uh, All right. Yeah, there's a, a hall for the history of embalming, and there's a hall for the history of cremation. Like, 
this is cool shit. Like, I know it's gross and oogie, but you can't say you're not curious. Like, you would go through there. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's also a history of mourning section, which I thought was rad. Um, there's also death photos section for the stern of heart, because those were a thing in the 1800s. Right? Okay. Yes, yes. Um, all of it sounds really cool to me. Uh, but what actually made me think that this is some cool shit is the amount of cross-cultural exhibits that it has regarding death and uh, burial ceremonies. They have a Ghana section, a Dia de los Muertos section, a New Orleans section, japan section and they also have several biographies as well they have presentations that are given uh they have one that is on death death shrouds specifically including the shroud of turin um i think it's worth the trip and the money yeah no it sounds like it it's actually kind of cool so this is the first one you've mentioned that hasn't like set (laughs) off some rage trigger of mine on some levels so let's keep that let's keep that streak going then let's head west on i-10 And we're going to go to an international museum in Mecca, California for the zany at heart. The website contains no fewer than four puns. It is the International Banana Museum. Okay. A dollar per ticket. Uh, So that's pretty rad. Um, Now, they are closed during COVID, like for the duration. They put that up on their website. We're closed to prevent spread, which I think is fantastic. Um, so good on you for recognizing that shit's dangerous. And they did their whole website in comic sans, uh, and made it look like an angel fire, um, website, their email to contact them still has an AOL in it. Uh, Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. So that those things are a little disturbing, but I can say road trip when this shit ends because a banana museum, they have frozen bananas and banana ice cream too. And can you really stop? Can can you really like stop yourself from going to a place that boasts over twenty five thousand banana photos and items, including out back where there's a four seater banana car? Okay, the banana car is the selling point. Yeah, and okay. and if nothing else, this shit's more scientifically sound than the Creation Museum. That's a really low bar. <laughs> really, like, really. Yeah. thank. You know, the Mount St. Helens Museum is more scientifically sound. Because <laughs> at least it references a thing that it, we saw. It, at, least, at least references an actual, right. like... You know, Instead of putting event, chimps like, next to quaggas, next to llamas, next, next to, to stags with full spots still. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, since we're already in California, let's go. Okay. Let's work our way up uh, until Felton, California. This is okay. nestled in the Santa Cruz Mountains. Okay. Okay. It's the Bigfoot Discovery Museum. You have my attention. Right. <laughs> it's been open since 2004. Okay. It's only open on Friday through Monday from 1 to 6 p.m. It is free, but there's a 2 to $5 donation uh, requested. Okay. So right. what do you Re- find in this tiny, reasonable. tiny museum? What's that? Yeah, it's a reasonable price. What do you find in this tiny museum yeah. of only like two rooms? Uh, there's a plaster cast exhibit, several bookshelves, and a few video experiences, and an outdoor diorama. You can buy mugs, shirts, a few other things too. But what I love the most about the museum is the owner operator. His name is Michael Rugg with two G's. He looks like the stunt double for George R.R. R. Martin. <laughs> so. Okay. 
and he's a Stanford alum. Uh, <laughs> he saw Bigfoot at the age of four. And while his adults talked him out of it for a while, uh, as an adult for the last 16 years, he has said, no, no, that was Bigfoot. And he's become an expert on Bigfoot ever since the first dot-com crash, uh, as happens, because he'd been a programmer for a while. Yeah. He also has a unique way of testing the veracity of claims of Bigfoot. Quote, if I get the report and I can look the person in the eye and question them, I can tell. Right, because your background as a computer programmer makes mm-hmm. you an expert interrogator <laughs> and not at all a credulous, you know, investigator. He uh, knows Bigfoot's Bigfoot's big feet, Big's foot, big Big's big big feet, big feet, big, yeah. big feet. He knows them by their smell and by their screams. And he knows that they coordinate in order to hunt for deer. So did okay. you know that the collective noun for Bigfoot is a trample? I did not, but that makes sense. I, I don't know that that's true, but I want be. it to be. So yeah, <laughs> I that that feels true. Yeah, there is truthiness. Yeah, to that just like um, the collective noun for a group of yeti is an avalanche. Nice. I made that I up. I would. But... I would go with that too. Yeah. I. You know. Do you do you get the sense that I do that like founding this museum was an emotional coping mechanism for for the dot-com bust for this guy like it feels more like like he either has a pension that pays enough and he's like what the hell else am i gonna do you know he's like that guy who's like i'm in my 50s i'm not gonna be able to compete with this young pups coming up you know who actually know other programming besides you know this one that i learned really well yeah and so why bother trying okay it it feels a bit like that it feels not quite a throwing in the towel but a redefining and recalibrating and being being okay okay with this as a distant second okay kind of a kind of a taoist retirement kind of kind of thing yeah okay all right so want to head back to the midwest (laughs) let's go to wisconsin let's go to middleton wisconsin okay because in middleton wisconsin there's the national mustard museum Oh, yeah, sure. You betcha. Okay. Yeah. All right. Hell, I want to go on National Mustard Day, which, by the way, is August 6th. Um, donations are encouraged, but it's free. Okay. Uh, free admittance to see almost 6,100 mustards from all over the world. Over 70 countries' mustards are represented. I, I didn't mm-hmm. realize mustard was that universal a condiment. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. I, I had kind it's of intercontinental European thing. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> okay. Now, okay. So, like, I know that there's, yeah. there's, you know, the, the weird vinegary yellow mustard that we use here in this country. I know, I know that Germans, of course, have several different kinds mm-hmm. of varieties of, you know, large grain, dark brown sure. kind, of, kind of stuff. Um, but I and and of course the French have have different variations. Yep. But like, what what surprising countries do do they have mustard from? Like, well, I mean, there's think... obviously there's English mustard, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. But honestly, mustard seed uh, is a a a warmer climate 
kind of thing to grow and it okay. will expand uh both north and south from that latitude okay um so you're going to get a lot of african a lot of asian okay. mustards okay um yeah uh, so the former assistant attorney general of Wisconsin opened the mustard museum in 1992. Uh, he actually stepped down from his post as assistant attorney general of Wisconsin. Uh, but before he did, he argued a Supreme court case with a jar of mustard in his pocket. <laughs> like, like as a good luck charm. Well, he saw this. <laughs> Like I read this, he saw a used mustard jar and he's like, wow, that's an interesting mustard. And he swiped it and he put it in his pocket and he forgot it was there until he got to the Supreme Court. And he's like, guess I'm going to argue this case with the mustard jar in my pocket. Okay. And, and there it was. Now it's open seven days a week during normal working hours. The museum advertises itself as only 6,978 kilometers from Dijon, France. Um, it is hailed as the condimental okay. divide by at least the person who made the website. Um, and this museum also boasts a press room and of course a gift shop. So if, you know, Four Seasons Landscaping isn't available, you can Yep. Get your gray poop on. Nice. Thank nice. you. Thank you. So now from, from Wisconsin, we're going to go down to Roswell, New Mexico. Because of course we've got to hit Roswell. Yeah. I mean, you know, how can we not? The International UFO Museum and Research Center. I love how they tack on Research Center. <laughs> I love how they add on international as a prefix. Yeah, well, like, like yeah, what yeah. qualification yeah. is there for international? Like, I really do want to know. Um, now, for $5, discounted down to $3 for seniors, military, and first responders, and $2 for the kids, you can explore this not-for-profit museum dedicated largely to the Roswell 1947 incident that others have called, quote, debunked. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. From their own website, quote, the International UFO Museum's constituents are committed to gathering and dispersing to all interested parties in the most qualified and up-to-date information available. There's the incident a... happened in 1947. How much mm -hmm. new information is there to be disseminated? Oh, things get declassified all the time. People write tell-all books all the time. I mean, I will grant you that it is... 75 years since it happened yeah um shit i think that's actually coming up we're hitting that anniversary we are yeah yeah it was a balloon <laughs> guys folks everybody people fellow fellow earthers it was a balloon it actually was in fact a balloon mm -hmm. Here's the deal. Like, like the story that it was a crashed alien spaceship. Okay. Like in a Buck Rogers kind of way, that's kind of cool, but no, 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 no. It was a high altitude balloon. And when I say high altitude, I mean, you know, stratosphere into lower ionosphere kind of altitude balloon that was designed to carry acoustic equipment sensitive enough to detect Russian bomb tests. How is that not cooler? 
(laughs) (laughs) right like like on the one hand little green men on the other hand like like cloak and dagger spy shit like come on but yeah yeah so so yeah the latest up-to-date information on an event that happened you know 75 fucking (laughs) years ago well there's a gift shop Uh, And and this museum is the centerpiece of the UFO Fest that happens in the first week of July every year, which I think we just missed. Glenn Davis, mm -hmm. go ahead. Glenn Davis, now deceased, started the museum in 1991. He claimed witness to the Roswell incident in 1947, who uh, who had been an embalmer for a company that was contracted with the Roswell Army Airfield in 1946. So he knew firsthand what was going on. But he waited until 1991 to open the museum. Of course, this was also just a bit before the Unsolved Mysteries episode aired in 1994, which I'm sure is purely coincidental. Totally. I'm actually pretty sure that my younger brother went to this museum yeah. when Total he was in his early teens. Yeah? Yeah, I think so. I think pretty so. Pretty cool. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it occurs to me that, you know, you talk about the, the UFO fest. Uh-huh. Right? So, seriously... What else does Roswell, New Mexico have going for it? Other other than its spurious claim to fame as the site of, of this, you know, thoroughly debunked uh, incident that, that was part of UFO hysteria, which we talked about in an earlier episode. Mm-hmm. Aside from that, what, what does Roswell have going for it? My parents have driven through Roswell. Mm-hmm. There's nothing there. No. Unless you want to buy alien-themed tchotchkes. Mm-hmm. There is it's nothing. Like there, there, there is only there's nothing there. I I find it interesting that you know the the uh, Chamber of Commerce has has latched onto this thing because of course that's what the Chamber of Commerce in any small town is going to do. Mm-hmm. In the same way that the town of Hollister, California, now holds an annual motorcycle rally. Mm-hmm in commemoration of the time when a number of motorcycle gangs rode in and took the town over and terrorized people for a week. Wow. But what else does Hollister have going for it other than the San Andreas fault running through town? Right. Like I lived in that. I lived in the town for a year other than the fault line brewery. There's no, there's nothing. It's a, it's a farm community. There's nothing there. So of course, every year, well, you know, we had this historic incident, you know, that was part of the zitgeist and, you know, post world war II America. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they turned it into a movie, the wild ones. And so, you know, we're going to latch onto that and turn that into a festival. The people who actually lived in town when that happened in 47 were, were pissed off and terrified because a bunch of, you know, semi-criminal louts took over the town for a week. Sure. But we're going to commemorate it because it'll bring in tourists. Like it's, it's the same reason again, that Roswell does this thing with aliens every year. What else you got going for you? Sure. All right. So anyway, I did that, that parallel struck me and I, I had to say something about it. So mm-hmm. anyway, carry on. What, what's our next destination on this, on this road trip from heck? Well, you know, we started with, you know, this came from my research on the popes and John Cena and stuff. And that is going to bring us to Glendive, Montana. 
Glendive Dinosaur and Fossil Museum. Not to be missed. Yes, I've done a couple other Young Earth Creationist Museums on this episode. Yes, indeed. But where else can you get one that's funded by a body-slamming congressional tech bro? Their mission statement from their own website is to, quote, glorify God as creator and sustainer, emphasize man's accountability to him, affirm God's revealed and inspired word as the preeminent source of truth and authority. Now, how will a museum do this, you ask? Simple. They want to, quote, challenge mankind to think through the assumptions and consequences of the humanistic concept of evolution and its underlying premise that the earth is billions of years old. Okay. It's a museum that holds these as its core beliefs. We believe that, quote, all things were supernaturally created by the triune God. I think I meant, is it triune? Is that a word? Triune. Okay. Triune. It, it, it was either it that is, or I misspelled that's a really. That's a really that's a really bad way to talk yeah. about Trinitarian. So it's but okay, very likely triune, triune, triune yeah. God. Yeah. Well, yeah, because the next part, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Yeah. The Bible is the divinely inspired re- revelation of the Creator, completely free from error in the original manuscripts. <laughs> Which I'm like, so not not the King James then. You're admitting. Yeah, well, but they're they're talking about the King James almost certainly, even though they're yes. trying to dodge it with all the qualifiers they're adding. Right. But yeah, no, they're KJV. So anyway, carry each on. type of plant and animal was specifically created after its kind by God. None came from chance or natural processes, nor did any develop from some sort of other plant or animal. The first humans, Adam and Eve, were specifically created by God. All others are their descendants. In Adam, mankind was given dominion over the other creatures and the earth itself. Marriage is ordained by God and is only between one man and one woman. The creation of all things occurred in six natural days and was originally very good. So, okay. That's that's their values. That's, okay. That's, yeah. And, and, and part of that, Mm-hmm. values statement just immediately jumped out at me they always like they got that a couple gay of these, clause yeah they do they, yeah. you know every one of these places that that has some kind of statement about you know man and woman were created they immediately jump to mm-hmm. marriage being between one man and one woman and the funny thing about that is um that's not actually even scriptural if you read later into the old testament that's that's not recognized like no it doesn't say that anywhere in the old even even in the most judgy you know uh leviticus numbers parts of the bible it doesn't say one man one woman you know um uh polygamy was was part of semitic culture Mm -hmm. like if your brother died you were supposed to marry his wife. Right. And that doesn't mean divorce yours. That means no, take her in. No, you had to you had to marry his wife and take yeah. his kid into your house mm-hmm. because you know somebody needed to look after him. Like it was it was pragmatic, but it was still polygamy. Mm-hmm. And and what's inter- in in that vein, what's interesting about that is even though you married your brother's wife. Any children that you might have with your brother's wife were legally not your children. They were your brother's kids. Because it was his wife. Through because it became. was his wife before she became, she was his wife right. before she became your wife. 
And so that's actually where onanism, yeah, the, the term onanism, which usually is, is about masturbation, that actually comes from onan right. getting in trouble with God. This is the argument against pulling out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's that, what it's turned like, into, you know, because he because he didn't he didn't want to have any kids with the woman who had been his brother's wife, so you know he let his seed fall upon the ground, which then got turned into a a prohibition. Like they they decided that was you know we're, we're going to use that as an argument against masturbation, which at least there's some logic there. Like there's there's a train of thought involved. Yeah, that God I can look told at you go, okay. to yeah, God told yeah. you to make babies and you pulled yeah. out. And you're and you're wasting that. Yeah. But like you can't have that injunction against beating off and then turn around and say, oh, yeah, by the way, marriage is only between one man and one woman, because the whole reason for that was, no, you're having to marry your brother's wife. Right. Like like. And And it's a again, I'm going to go back to the name of the museum is the Dinosaur and Fossil Museum. It's like it's false advertising. Well, they do right. encourage lots and lots of digs, actually, um, because all of the digs still prove that God made the earth exactly as it is now. They're really big on dinosaurs. Remember, Gianforte himself donated a T-Rex skeleton replica. Um, they're also only open on weekends from April through May and then just not on Sundays from May through September. They seem to take November through March all the way off based on their very confusing hours page. Okay. But public schools were encouraged to take tours and many public schools took field trips there until 2015. And while scientists have said that, quote, it's not a science museum at all, it's not a pseudoscience museum and there's nothing scientific about it. That doesn't mean that it's not totally badass. Didn't I mention that T-Rex skeleton replica? T-Rexes, according to this museum, existed at the time of the flood and were possibly on the ark itself. For $8, any adult can come to this museum and see how dinosaurs and dragons are similar. Bring the kids for six. Okay, I I genuinely want to pick somebody's brain about, <laughs> okay, wait, 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 wait. T-Rex is on the ark. Like, I want to know, like, I because, because these are the kind of people that mm-hmm. if you start questioning them, they're going to string a line of bullshit. Yes. Because because the moment you start trying to get logic out of them about, okay, wait, okay, this is a T-Rex. Mm-hmm. This is a, you know, 25 foot tall proto bird, mm-hmm. you know, death, death predator. How, where, like based on the measurements of the arc, mm-hmm. where did he keep them? Well, mega fauna had to have been toward the bottom to act as a ballast, obviously. Yeah, well, I mean, clearly, come. right? Like, yeah. so, so, so if they come up with any answer other than that, you know, they're full of shit. Well, like right you know, off the bat, there's a whole nother museum that deals with the Ark. And that's where we're going to close our little tour around. The <laughs> we haven't States. gotten to it yet. Yeah. Yeah. Ken Ham. Yeah. Ladies since, and gentlemen. since we started with the creation museum, let's finish with the Ark encounter. Ken Ham and his group didn't just build one creation museum. No, they actually built another one in Idaho that didn't make the list. Uh, but they also built Noah's Ark to make money. Yeah. Same pricing as a creation museum. So I didn't deal with the one in Idaho, by the way, which, no. yeah. Um, it's, it's, but it's there in case you need yeah. a side jaunt. Um, 
Same pricing as a creation museum, but you could also buy a three-day bouncer pass for $49.95 up to $99.95. There's, of course, the annual pass as well, up to $159.95. So you could go from thing to thing. Now, I have to say, one of the museums that I've always wanted to go to closed down in 2018. And it was the, oh God, it was, it was called the Holy Land Experience. And it was in Orlando. Oh yeah, people. where you could yeah. you could watch the crucifixion performed three times like a day. three times a day. Yeah, you could go shopping in the tomb. Uh, yeah, the, yeah, the tomb was a gift shop, and and it had it had crosses <laughs> like on on glass shelves. <laughs> it was so awesome. I just this is what Jesus would have wanted. Um, Everything wrong with American Christianity. In Orlando. Given form. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, where else are you going to fucking put that? Because Disneyland was too smutty. Uh, <laughs> but so that one, unfortunately, went under before I could get to it. But these, I still have hope. Good fucking riddance. Anyway. <laughs> so there's a restaurant sorry, to the art experience. Um, there's a gift shop. There's $15 parking. And restricted hours on Sunday, only from 1 to 7. That way you could go to church. The other days, though, are 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. Now, for your money, you can go inside of the life-size replica of the real ark that totally existed exactly as it says in the Bible. 510 feet long, 51 feet high, 85 feet wide, all conversions from the cubits that existed back then. It's a sight to behold. And you can see that from inside the ark. You can go inside the ark and see the three decks of awesome drunken carpentry just as God intended. In fact, you're going to be loading way more people into the ark than it was built to hold. So tread carefully. They advertise especially that it was built in at least in part by Amish craftsmanship. Which is weird to me, given that they're not a seafaring group by practice. Yeah. <laughs> like okay. Now I kind of want to read a story about Amish pirates. Friend of the show Teresa Halverson, there's yet mm-hmm. another idea for you. Okay. Yeah. Now there are concerts, there are speakers, there are educational opportunities, there is a whole life-size diorama about Noah and his family and to their credit, the museum creators definitely made them Middle East adjacent. They're still really light-skinned for Middle Easterners, except Ham, of course. Uh, but they are described oh. in the museum oh, yeah. In, yeah, <laughs> in an inoffensive way. Quote, like their parents, they were likely what we at Ark Encounter call middle brown, neither pale nor very dark. <laughs> Although they would okay. have been okay, near no. 100 no, years no. old when they boarded the Ark and were fit men in their prime. Yeah, okay. Okay. Middle brown. Middle brown. I didn't know that was a term. Uh, I don't think fuck? it is. <laughs> well, apparently it is if you're a racist white evangelical. From Australia. From <laughs> Ken Ham's Australian. Oh yeah, I forgot. Yeah. Was, yep. Yep. Well, okay. <laughs> so we imported him. Um wow. oddly enough, he came over on a plane. Uh, sent him back. <laughs> um like Wow, that's terrifying. Yeah. You could um, even see how they lived. And you want to know just how white the women could get? They've got that too. 
Now you could nice. even plan to stay overnight and you could see how the lightning change the lighting changes on the ark through the night because they have different colored lighting like Noah's bagels, but Noah's oh, ark. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got kids? Nice. There's a five day camp that you can send your kids to too. Uh, you could also see the system by which he fed all the animals, which animals they had on the ark, which admittedly looked very differently back then than they do today. But don't worry, that's not evolution. That's God's awesome plan. Okay. Here's a quote okay. explaining that. Quote, the biblical concept created of created kind probably most closely corresponds to the family level in a current taxonomy. Now, I'm just going to break in right there for a second. On your behalf, what's that taxonomy really actually coming from? Isn't that evolution? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a... Oh, yeah. Yeah. well, yeah. There's, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Now, back to the quote. A yeah. good rule of thumb is that if two things can breed together, then they are of the same kind, or they are the same created kind. It is a bit more complicated, but... This is a good quick measure of a kind since, quote, recent studies estimate that the total number of living and extinct kinds of land animals and flying creatures to be about 1500 with our worst case scenario approach to calculating the number of animals on the ark. This would mean that Noah cared for approximately 7000 animals. There are there are so many ways. I want to, I want to start questioning them on, <laughs> on like 7,000 animals on a, on a boat, 500 feet long. Uh-huh. Right. Yep. Right. Yep. All right. 51 wide and 51, 51, high. 51 feet wide. Uh -huh. Um, 7,000 animals. He had them in there Yep. for 40 days and 40 nights. Yeah. Animals shit. They're many of those doors. animals, many of those animals shit. A lot. Put it at a slope. Okay. Again, Gravity. you're just transporting these things. You don't have to worry too much about their lifelong life. You just got to get them not starving to death for 40 days. You would be drowning in elephant shit. <laughs> Luckily, there's within, only two elephants. Within, within two weeks. Like, like just the elephants alone. <laughs> never mind, never mind the stench from how many species of predator do you have on there? Yeah. Like, like cats bury their scat for a reason. Yep. It stinks like nobody's business. Now take mm -hmm. a house cat, which would have been, according to their, their argument would have been on the ark. Take house cats, multiply their weight by a factor of 10. Oh, easily. Yeah. Or, or more. Yeah. And, and, and think about the turds being created by a lion. Mm -hmm. 40 days. Yes. Llamas, which, you know, showed up in, in, you know, earlier museums. Right. Right. Uh, um, you know, marsupials <laughs> of various kinds, uh -huh. uh, you know, which by the way, are only native to Australia. And I really want to know, okay, wait, so if, if, if they had, uh, you know, Tasmanian devils and Tasmanian tigers, which have since gone extinct and, you know, uh, kangaroos and, and koalas and all that kind of stuff, if they had those on the ark. How is it that they only wound up? Cause as far as we can figure the ark may have run aground on Mount Ararat. Right. Is, is like one of the theories. Yeah. How, how did all of those species move from Mount Ararat 
to Australia. Flood. It was still receding, so they just caught the. They just, uh, just kind of caught the wave. Caught the tram. Yeah. 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 Okay. Like, I'm still stuck, possibly because of my own recent, you know, uh, uh, gastric history. I'm still stuck on the volume <laughs> of shit that you would have piling up in yeah. this gigantic prehistoric yacht of of suck. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like is it okay yeah like just okay on you on could, you could have created level, you could have written so dumb waiters you could have you know dung okay. waiters yeah <laughs> you got nothing else do you like no. i don't know no yeah okay. all right do you like comic books because they yes. have a whole graphic novel walking exhibit as to why the bible is true and when you're done you could buy the graphic novel now you're probably going to be hungry, so go on up to the balcony deck of Mzara's Kitchen. Don't worry, it's buffet style. But just in case you don't want that, there's an outdoor smokehouse to enjoy pulled pork and brisket sandwiches, and you'll be glad that God told Noah to put those animals on board because they are delicious. And if you get hungry aboard the Ark, that's okay. There's snack corners in the Ark. There's like Froyo on every... <laughs> There's also the Ararat Ridge Zoo, where you can go to their petting zoo. You can hear the keeper chats, have a camel ride, my old favorite, um, and you can hang out with kangaroos. They even have a zebra hybrid exhibit proving that animals of the same kind can mate. Yeah, but their offspring are sterile, so that only works for one generation. That is not trifle with that. You'll be glad that you're descended from Noah's family at the end of this visit. No. Gonna go with no, because (laughs) I'm not. Sure, there's Shem, Japheth, and Ham. They each Uh went in different directions. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Shem followed Odysseus and went west. (laughs) Japheth you know, followed Jason and went east and north, and Ham followed Perseus and went south. Hebrew is is an inherently poetic language, mm-hmm. and and literally, literally no one, literally no one, who who isn't coming at the Old Testament from a KJV is the inerrant word of God, and mm-hmm. and this is all totally literal. N- nobody who who is any kind of historian or genuine linguist or like any of that or mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. god forbid an actual like theologian takes any part of that story literally like like at all i don't i don't get your point <laughs> These I people just, are trying to make I, I money. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know why I bothered to say it because <laughs> I just did it, it just on an emotional level. I had to get it off my chest because, dear sweet Lord Almighty, these people are trying to make money. I don't. I don't see wow. the problem. So, road trip. Sure, <laughs> sure. That's the end of the episode, man. Oh my God. <laughs> This was the least depressing episode yeah, that I've written you know, in a while. And the thing is, the funny part of it problem. is, you know, if 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 we spent 
too much time like you know talking about the the ramifications of the shitty theology involved in so much of this it would get depressing but i'm just yeah. so so busy looking at it going <laughs> how can you be that bad shit right like yeah <laughs> you know and, and and one of the things that, that also kind of strikes me is like the the ken ham the two ken ham ones and and you know the 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 you know we gotta we gotta try to find a way to make a buck to support our mission of convincing everybody that you know this this is this is the truth and they and they hold meetings and like you know we've got we've got zip lines and and you know this outdoor encounter stuff <laughs> and you know and and, and the four really, H group you know yeah and it really and it really struck me when when you know you mentioned that you can't go there anymore but the the Holy Land encounter yes there is this weird thing tendency or or idea Mm -hmm. within especially evangelical american christianity Mm -hmm. that like they've got to try to find a way to compete with disneyland and six flags and like, you know, you can't, you can't go to Disneyland and just have fun at Disneyland because anything you do has to somehow be sanctified to, to Jesus, like, See, now, like overtly, I, you know what I mean? I have another take on that. Like though. Christian, Christian pop, mm-hmm. like, like, you know, Christian metal bands. Like, I mean, I, yeah. I understand that like, you, you want to you, you you might be very hip committed to your faith but you really like the tropes involved in in rock mm-hmm. i can get that but there's also this thing within within christian culture in the u.s that it's like well now if you want to listen to that stuff it has to be the christian stuff right you know? right and like and, here's shittier versions of that secular music you like yeah yeah what's and, that and, you like metallica here's deliverance yeah yes as an example yeah yeah but I, you were saying there's there's yeah i have a different take. take i think okay so we're americans and um american christianity is decidedly younger than european christianity and i completely understand and sympathize with even empathize with the desire to go and be in a place that a thing happened i love that that's one of my favorite things about travel in Europe, you can fucking do that. You can go to Notre Dame. You can go to Stonehenge. You can go to the, uh, you can go to Canterbury. You can go to, you know, um, all, all the other places. You, you go to the Hagia Sophia. You know, you can go to all these cool places and be where great people in your faith were. You can go and inhabit. You can breathe the same air that they breathed. You can touch their tomb. There's so much shit you can do, right? Yeah. You can yeah. sing where where their funeral happened. Like it, it is endless yeah. what you can do in Christian Europe and and frankly uh Christian Asia as well. Yeah. And I'm jo- I'm only sticking to Christian because this is an American Christian thing. I think there's something about the ark experience and the the Jesus crucifixion experience. Those two things specifically about about recreating 
the places where you could go. And that's a very American thing, recreating the European experience. Yeah. And so I I understand that urge. I do. The other shit is, is just ways for rich people to dupe poor people into letting them hide their money. I mean, that's, <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Right. That just yeah. the fucking, there, you know, and, and the there were more is, than a dozen young earth creation museums that I didn't put on the list. Oh, well, like, yeah, because, because it's, it's, it's a, because they were huge component. It's a giant racket theology for these people. Here's the deal. What, what I always find interesting when we talk about, you know, this being a way for rich people to have mm-hmm. poor people help them hide their money um is these are the same people who who want to walk around wearing wwjd bracelets and and stuff Mm -hmm. you know what would jesus do the part they conveniently leave out is flipping tables and hitting a motherfucker with a whip is on the list right like yeah like no 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 beating up a banker you know castigating rich people is is mm-hmm. like way up there yeah on that list calling out tax collectors like oh dude the, the amount of mental gymnastics that capitalism has forced christians to do um to reconcile those two things um you know it's the whole like yeah. you can you can it's, get a rich man through through to heaven uh easier than than to get a man through or get a camel through the needle camel through the eye of a needle and jesus i mean rich man to get into heaven right you know it's it's i mean camel through the eye of a needle is a great visual and then people like no 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 linguistically uh the 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 word for camel and the word for a rope so you see metaphorically it's actually it's like okay fine it's still ridiculously hard to get a hawser through a goddamn needle um and then people like no 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 the 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 front gate was actually called the eye of the needle because then, and it's like, Oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah. Well, I get it. You want, you want porn pussy and profits. I understand, yeah. but you can't have that. And also like call yourself uh, well, apparently you can, because now you've made up this lie for yourself. Yeah. Like I, again, the, it's not like I've not lied to myself before, you know, but, <laughs> It's but, not yeah. like we don't all lie to ourselves on right. one level or another at some it's just, point. I don't but, start yeah, no, the, not nonprofit tax dodges to do it. Yeah, the the so. blatantness of it. Yeah, is yeah. Is so thing. yeah. So yeah. This uh, this sounds we, like, clearly what you've gleaned. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you know well, this this yeah. this sounds like you know and and I can I can understand I can understand like on a car wreck level. Mm-hmm. Want to go see some of these places? Sure. I don't think I'd be able to keep up the charade, right? Long enough to actually stick around. Like, there'd be a point in in like any of these places, Confederama or any of them. <laughs> You'd have you the know, Kathy Bates moment have... of he didn't get out of the cockadoodie car. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. There, there'd be there'd be a point where like I would just I'd be in the middle of, you know, b- between between the uh, the Cracker Jack stand and the Froyo on deck two of the arcade <laughs> counter, and I just wouldn't be able to stop myself from saying, "For fuck's sake, really!" Like like I've swallowed a lot of bullshit on this tour, but really, you know. 
and and you can you can picture me doing this. Oh yeah, you know you know me well enough that I just oh, yeah. be like, okay, no, no, I I can't swallow this. And it, like, and turning around to everybody around me, going, do you all actually believe this? <laughs> like, please tell me you're all disaster tourists, like I am. Please, right. please, like, yeah. like tell me, tell me, I'm not the one taking the crazy pills here, right? Because holy shit, like, like you, ma'am, in the in the Creed T-shirt, do you? <laughs> Do you actually buy this? Like you, you with the no one can judge me but God tramp stamp. What do yeah. you think? Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. You know, like really? <laughs> do you? Because you know, I'll tell you what. My faith in God has not been shaken, but my faith in humanity is at an all time low right now. Like really? <laughs> yeah. And not like morally, just just in everybody's level of intelligence. Like, come on. So yeah, it would it would. It, sure. it would there'd be a lot of stories that would come out of that road trip so some of them would even be good yeah well that's the you point know. you know yeah so so what you reading uh well uh i am reading like three things at once right now um the first one i'm going to mention that i am reading is a friend of the show bishop o'connell's latest book uh two gun witch nice uh, which uh, Amazon was uniquely unhelpful in trying to trying to allow me to get a uh, digital copy to read while I was on my trip. But being as he is my brother from another mother from back in high school, uh, Bishop hooked me up with uh, a copy of the book. And so I, I have started that and um, it's, it's compelling and amazing and an and awesome read so far. Mm-hmm. Um, he also sent me a soft bound copy for you by the way next well, time we're nice. actually able to get together in person i'll have to give that to you yes um so i'm i'm reading that i'm also reading uh the memoirs of ulysses s grant um and he is a remarkably good writer mm-hmm. um and uh, he also has some very very pointed and i think very coherent things to say about uh, the Mexican war and the causes of the civil war. Mm-hmm. Uh, he minces no words about any of it. Good. Um, and it's, it's, it's a so far an amazing read. Um, and I'm going to recommend to everybody since, since so much of this uh, road trip from, from heck uh, <laughs> has, to been, hell. Has, has, has been about uh, uh, Younger's creationism and, and denial of science. Um, I really strongly want to recommend uh, a short history of nearly everything by Bill Bryson. Okay. Um, because uh, most especially the bit that I said at the beginning of the episode about, you know, geologists, you know, fighting duels over, you know, the age of the earth and how long it out, you know, mm-hmm. scientists actually trying to figure this stuff out. Uh, actually, my knowledge of that actually comes from this book. And Bryson has a wonderful way of taking scientific topics or historical topics or technical topics and making them not only relatable and understandable, but really entertaining to read. He has, he has a wonderful turn of phrase. He's a humorist as much as anything else. And uh, it's one of my favorite books ever. Okay. Uh, and it is, it is the history of science written for a popular audience. And nice. it's, it's an amazing book, a short history of nearly everything by Bill Bryson. Highly recommended. How about you? I'm going to recommend two books. Uh, first one I'm going to recommend uh, by the time this releases, it will have released as a book 
called Tiny Gateways, a short story collection by Teresa Halverson, the author I interviewed a little ways back. Um, so her book is uh, finally coming out. Um, yeah, uh, that's that's releasing. Uh, it will have released by July 20th. Uh, the other book I just got in the mail, and I can't wait to start reading it. It's called A Brief History of Timekeeping. Kind of interesting how we both fell upon the same thing yeah. um, by Chad Orzel. Um, he's the guy who did the um, How to Teach Your Dog Quantum th- uh, Physics. Okay. Yeah. But uh, it's essentially, it's the history and the, the history of the science behind marking time uh, from Stonehenge to atomic clocks. And so it's just, it's one of those like little niche things that I, I, like one of my TikTok channels that I watch all the time is like people like rehabbing old watches. And I don't know, I'm just fascinated by those things. So I can see how that could be very meditative to watch. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's what I'm going to recommend uh, a, a brief history of timekeeping. So very cool. Cool. All right. Well, where can people find you, follow you, that kind of thing? Well, I can be found on TikTok as Mr. Underscore Blaylock. I can be found on Twitter as EH Blaylock. Uh, we collectively can be found on Twitter at uh, Geek History Time. Our website, of course, is www.geekhistorytime.com. And if you're listening to us, you've found our podcast either there on the website or at either the Apple Podcast app or uh, Stitcher. Uh, but wherever you found us, please subscribe. Please give us the five-star review that you know that we deserve. And uh, where where can you be found? Uh, you know, I'm not too active on the social medias lately. I've just been mostly lurking, so I'm not going to bother with those. But if you are in the Sacramento area, let's see, this is going to release probably after August 5th. If, if you're listening to this before August 5th, then come by Luna's. Uh, if not, then you'll have to wait till September 9th, at which point you should come by Luna's uh, September 9th at 8 p.m. I will be doing uh, the capital punishment. Um, we now have a new member. Um, Daniel has flown away to Hawaii, and uh, we all wish him very, very well and wonderful adventures. Uh, Justine Lopez, uh, who's been on it a number of times, is now coming on to be the new co-star of okay. uh, capital punishment so we are changing things up and you need to come out and check right. that out ten dollars cool, proof cool. of vaccination at the door uh, i encourage masks but also encourage you to eat so be safe and uh, be sanitary but that's september 9th at luna's that's where you can find me all right awesome yeah well for a geek history of time i'm damian harmony and i'm ed blaylock and until next time the world is a lot older than the bible would have you believe <laughs> <laughs>